Hello, this is William Fink of Christagonia.org. This is Christagonia Saturdays. Today is Saturday, January 21st, 2017. Praise Yahweh, the God of Israel, and thank you for listening. Tonight's topic is gatekeepers of the alt-right. Or is it alt-wrong? And we will be joined by Mike Delaney of ProThink.org. Gatekeepers are set in place to prevent someone from reaching a destination. As Christ said to his Edomite Jewish opposition, the ancestors of the Jews of today, as it is recorded in Luke chapter 11, Woe unto you lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. You entered not in yourselves, and them that were entering in, you hindered. So we have gatekeepers all over the internet, we have gatekeepers all over mainstream society. There are gatekeepers in all of the American universities, religious institutions, seminaries. But on the internet, they're absolutely prevalent and a lot easier to spot. I don't get the whole alt-right thing. It's not that I don't understand it. I just don't care how cute a label you can come up with. If you either contend or pretend to be an ethnic nationalist, the mainstream media is going to slander you as a neo-Nazi. There's a real right. It's been around for for ages. And and these alt-right, these young kids, these millennials, that they think they've latched onto something new because they found out about the race issue and the Jewish problem. They found it out from people that have been doing this for 50 years already. But maybe certain people are purposely set forth to garner garner mainstream media attention and appear to be neo-Nazis. We certainly believe that is the case. So here we can probably discuss and critique some of the people out there in the gagosphere who are competing for attention and attaching themselves to the alt-right label, because it seems to be the fastest pony on the track right now. From what we have seen, Richard Spencer started the website AlternativeRight.com seven years ago. So he could probably be called the founder of the alt-right label, although the movement is the distributed effort of many others, some of whom Spencer has worked with, like the Jew-loving American Renaissance crowd. He has also worked closely for a long time with another sodomite, Greg Johnson, who claims to be a white nationalist, alt-right, and has embraced the label. How can a sodomite possibly be right? Or how can a sodomite be a nationalist at all? But Richard Spencer, who just the other day, or just yesterday perhaps, reacted like a bitch to getting sucker punched during an interview in Washington, was immediately hooked up with a flaming faggot named Jack Donovan, who wrote many articles for his alt-right website. He is best known for his articles against feminism, which we will comment on shortly. But maybe, rather than being called the founder of the label, Spencer should be called the frontrunner, because he has had this sodomite on his tail for a long time. Is Spencer really sincere, 
or is he just some pretty boy set up by the authors of the protocols to play a role and lead the wandering sheep down another rabbit hole? A real man getting punched in the face would never say something so metrosexual as, as Spencer said, some people think I'm not a human being and I can just be attacked at will. That was his reaction to being sucker punched in the street. He should have been after the clown that hit him. Breitbart.com Breitbart.com has jumped in front of the alt-right parade. Andrew Breitbart was a Jew who wrote for the Bolshevik website Huffington Post before starting out on his own. Now his legacy, Breitbart, which Jews, plenty of Jews on its staff, bills itself as a far-right website, a, a, a far-right publication. And it has a presumably Greek Yid sodomite named Milo Yiannopoulos as its technology editor. What's a far-right publication doing with a bastard faggot as its technology editor. The Wikipedia page for this Milo Yiannopoulos clown labels him as an alt-right writer, connects him to Breitbart, which is his which is his vocation at the moment, his job, lists him in a category for British people of Greek descent, which is only partially true, and as a British poet, and as a British Roman Catholic writer, and a male critic of feminism. But it also adds him to the categories for gay men, gay writers, and LGBT journalists. So he's an LGBT journalist for a far-right website, like Breitbart is supposed to be? Milo is the second sodomite we mentioned here this evening who is writing against feminism and who has been associated with the so-called alt-right. Why would a sodomite write against feminism? I can only think of one reason. Because they see feminist women as competition and their desire to screw as many men as possible. How could a sodomite call himself a Roman Catholic writer. Merely positing the idea shows that that sodomite is part of the Jewish plot to undermine and destroy all competing belief systems of the West and the institutions which represent them. This is right out of the protocols themselves. 30 or 40 years ago, Many of the true alt-writers may have been called populists. But a hundred years ago, the populists were more aligned with the traditional left. Perhaps the first real American alt-right was the Ku Klux Klan. They were Christians and would have hung the sodomites attached to Spencer's behind. In the 1970s and 1980s, there was a Christian patriot movement which never really solidified. I think it was stolen away, and this is my opinion, I think it was stolen away by Jerry Falwell and the denominational churches who then flushed it down the baptismal drain. I might be wrong, but I think the mainstream media put Jerry Falwell in front of that parade to distract people from the real issues. It seems to work every time.
Maybe 10 years ago, the same thing happened to the so-called Tea Party. It was co-opted by big media, by Glenn Beck and Sarah Palin, both of whom are hacks for the establishment, and it fizzled in no time at all. This has already happened with the alt-right. Many Jews and asserted assorted other miscreants had been placed at the front of the parade as soon as it began to gain momentum. And this happened three years ago, five years ago, seven years ago when it was started. White nationalist politics in America has been around for a long time. The alt-right is only a small part of those politics, but the alt-right is the most visible. These this younger crowd being very adept at communicating and at how the internet works. But as long as white nationalists have existed, the enemies of all whites have contrived to place leaders at the front of the pack in order to lead it into the ditch. The presumed neo-Nazi Frank Collins, who turned out to be a Jew, is a convenient and immediate example. There have been many others. Whites keep on following these clowns, and all of their real efforts are continually frustrated. But perhaps one issue which has just arisen, which should rapidly sort out the gatekeepers from the sincere alt-right nationalists, is the doxing of Mike Enoch. In 2012, Mike Enoch started what has become a very popular alt-right website called The Right Stuff. Personally, I never wrote anything about this Mike Enoch character. His, everybody's heard of his program, The Daily Showah. Everybody who probably ever spent any considerable time on the internet the last three or four years. But I never gave his website or anything associated with it any attention because I always thought he was a Jew. Simply because who else would use the name Enoch and would call his podcast The Daily Showah? And he was possi- supposedly a rabid anti-Semite. But because the whole thing looked so kosher, I never listened long enough to find that out. I really never did. But Enoch quickly became a prominent voice in the new alt-right, and now he has suddenly been exposed. Not only is he married to a Jewess, who had an active role in his anti-Semitic podcasts, but it turns out that he himself is indeed a Jew, whose real name is Pinovich. And even worse, another gatekeeper, David Duke, has come out of his post-election closet to defend Mike Enoch. So have several other prominent so-called alt-writers, like the sodomite Greg Johnson. And for that reason, we have Mike Delaney here with us tonight, and we will talk about this and other aspects of the state of white nationalism today. While our own opinion is that if it isn't uncompromising Christian identity, it just isn't anything worthwhile we at least have to be able to tell the gatekeepers from those who may be sincere, even if they haven't yet or can't quite find the right path. Hello, Mike. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. Good evening. 
Good evening. Where do you, where, where do you want to start? <laughs> where, where do you want to start this conversation? We had those um, the, those recordings of Mike Enoch, and and I don't know. Maybe you could help us date these recordings because I know that one of these is at least three or four months old, and yeah, I heard it myself I, I three or four months have, ago. Well, I don't honestly have the time spans on any of those recordings. They're obviously pre. Uh, ex, uh, his getting doxxed and exposed as having simply the Jewish wife issue. But um, I, I guess I could start out by giving you a little bit of background from what I gather. I, I was never a big fan of TRS myself. Uh, I know people who were big fans of them, and I just never they, – they had some really good propaganda and, and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I'm not out here for entertainment, so I never really uh, got tied up with them, you know what I mean, um, as far as, like – wasting my time listening to them but from what i gather um and the story goes is that a group of these uh you know basically young millennial type guys got together and formed this site under a libertarian stance that's where they started as quite of a libertarian stance and then um they slowly grew into getting into the race issue you know very soft type racial issues jared taylor stuff uh you know uh, colin flaherty you know type of issues uh, then they started to point out the JQ, and then, um, you know, they, they kind of grew from there to the point where they, they were presenting themselves as full-blown white nationalists. Um, now, well, well, to I, put I guess, things in perspective re- real quick, the right the, the website, the right stuff dot biz, that's a horrible name for a, for a white nationalist website. <laughs> It is ranked thirty nine thousand globally on Alexa right now, and that's pretty damn good. That that's right. up there with Stormfront. It's almost up there with the Daily Stormer. Right. And and, and that's probably, if I had to guess, they're getting ten to twenty thousand visitors a day. At oh, least. at least, at least. Yeah, these guys. Um. I I guess we can go into the whole doxing issue. They got doxed. Uh, several different ways. As Greg Johnson wrote in his, as the faggot sodomite Greg Johnson, uh, wrote in his defensive letter, he had had Mike's, uh, from the get go when they met in person back in what, 2012 or something? Here, Greg Johnson writes right here, uh, he, oh, okay, met him in December of 2014 at some NRX gathering in Manhattan. Uh, I don't know about you, but I don't know too many white nationalist groups that meet in Manhattan. Um, but whatever. And he said he gave him his uh, real name, and Greg Johnson admits right here. See, this is the problem I have with the rest of these guys at the TRS crew. The right stuff, you know, it's a conglomerate, basically, these, uh, what they call fashy podcasts. They like to use all these cool branding names, fashy and all this other crap. But That, that fashy thing sounds pretty metrosexual to me. It does. It, it, it is. He said, like, millennial city type uh, uh, faggots. Faggot, beta, I don't know. They're just, yeah, that, exactly. I don't, I never, that's why I say I never got into these guys, but, um, but yeah, Greg Johnson and, and of course, all the people that were tied up to the right stuff who some of them might, which obviously might not be Jews that were tied in there, but that is ridiculous. Like it, I'll get a little feedback. Hello? Yes. Yeah, I'm hearing myself here. I'm sorry, there's no feedback here. Okay. Um, well, oh, man. <laughs> ah, she's 
Yeah, Bill, I'm. Yeah, you were talking about the millennials use, using terms like fashy and 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 queer sounding terms like that. Right, right. Okay, I'll try to get through this. I'm hearing myself delayed in my ear here. I'm sorry. Um. So these guys defended Mike Enoch and. And Greg Johnson did this as well, saying, uh, I did a Google search on his name, put together a pretty full picture, full picture of his life, including his wife's Jewish surname. I leaned back in an, un- in an uncomfortable bench, closed my eyes and thought, I wonder how long this star will streak across the filament before burning out. Now, this is the problem with the people that are following TRS is they're quick. I mean, what are we fighting here for? That's what I've raised in my videos up here. Which have been fairly well received, mind you. They, I raised the question, we're in a fight. It's whites against Jews, and that's it. All the rest of it's irrelevant, really. I mean, the, the Negroes and the Muslims and Mestizo, all that, that's all symptoms of our main problem. Well, well right. They're all symptoms right. of, the, of the Jewish infiltration of society. Right. So, th- th- this, like you were saying, the compromising here is, uh, is unfathomable. But... I, I started digging into this story, and I thought, man, you know, there's too many people coming to the defense of this guy. So I came up with the videos here, and then I started getting more information. These guys are sending me clips saying, man, listen to this. This guy's admitting he's a Jew himself. He admitted to the fact, Mike Pianovich or Mike Enoch, whatever you want to call him, Mike the Kike, um, which I'm glad somebody out here that uh, is actually a kike with the name Mike is actually going to take that because, you know, my trolls call me that sometimes. But... <laughs> but he um he admits to having a Jewish wife, so everybody takes him for granted. But then, like you were saying, um, oh, who was that? That was they didn't believe he was a Jew because he had, he didn't admit to them that he was a Jew. And I'm like, well, if if he's a Jew, why would he be honest? He's obviously was deceiving about his Jewish wife too. He's a Jew, and so these clips he's admitting to him. I guess we can go ahead and play those because it's pretty clear once you listen to this. How how could you decide he's not a Jew? The, the language here, I I had only heard one video a few months ago, and it only affirmed what I thought about this guy. I I didn't realize that his website was so popular. I I, really, I knew it was popular, right? But I didn't think it was Alexa top forty thousand popular. What which is it is super popular, right? I I mean you're not mainstream media at that level because the mainstream media outlets are in the top thousand and and get millions of visitors a day but you're pretty damn popular considering the limited size of the a white nationalist audience to to be right yeah you know stormfront gets um so stormfront's a little higher than 39,000 I think on Alexa and not quite as high as the Daily Stormer, which is like 21,000. I, I don't know how many visits he gets. Probably 30, 40,000 visits a day. Probably almost as many visits as I get in a whole month. But, but the, the, um, the fact is that Stormfront and the Daily Stormer run bulletin board systems. And, and those things keep people engaged for long periods of time. And and people keep going back and checking to see if anybody's answered their posts and things like that. You, you know how um, anxious some people are and 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 how anal. What well, well that that the, the the people that love to engage in argument and stay on a forum all day and argue that they really boost the ratings of of some of these sites with forums like Stonefront. Well, well um, the right stuff doesn't have that. 
it 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 doesn't it's just a website with podcasts it it doesn't have a, a forum with thousands of members i i mean it has a um a membership scheme by which it keeps itself going i believe but but it doesn't have that constant interaction between site visitors that really boost the ratings of a place like Stormfront or the Daily Stormer. That that's right. so so to be thirty nine thousand on Alexa with the setup that they have is pretty damn good. It's it's I'm not envious, but it it's it's pretty it, it's a pretty good feat, and it figures that. Well, well, I'm not going to go into the Jew thing, but it seems that they can create websites overnight that, that just boom in the, in the millions. But let's play these three clips of Mike Enoch. These clips, at, at least one of these has been around for three, four months. It's been under everybody's noses, and, and nobody in the alt-right has seemed to notice it until his wife was put out last week. And, and most of them still haven't commented on this. And and to me, these three clips are damning evidence that this anti-Semitic alt-right spokesman from the right stuff is a Jew himself. Here's the first clip. But but in terms of who's going to be part of this movement, I, I would say, yeah, like, you know, it's got to be white people and, and really Jews should be excluded. And, and, and if you're going to let in a, a mixed a mixed Jewish person, then they really have to have, have done something to earn that. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think that in my case, I did. Yeah. Okay. You know, so so there's a Jew telling us that he worked hard so he belongs. In my case, I did. Jews have to earn that. And in my case, I did. That's what he's saying. That's crazy. He's a Jew. There's no doubt. Here's the second clip. You know, I use the, the word Jude in that kind of context yeah. basically my whole life. Yeah. And even what? amongst other Jews, I use the word Jew that way. Did you use... And even what? amongst other Jews, I use the word Jew that way. Well, well that makes him a Jew, One right? One of the issues I was brought up is yeah. had people who been removed it from the floor. I, I missed the pause button. Who else, could, who else would use term, a term like that? Yeah, I certainly wouldn't. I don't Except talk like Jew. that. <laughs> now, now that's the clip that I heard about four months ago, and and I don't. I think I heard it on Facebook or something, but it never made any waves, and it should have made waves. Not necessarily with me. I I, I don't consider myself alt right, but I never listened to this clown in the first place. But all of these great alt right white nationalists, and none of them said a damn thing about that. They must have heard it. If I caught it on Facebook, they some of them must have seen it on Facebook. Okay, here's the last clip. One of the issues that was brought up is we've had people who've been removed from the forums because they were Jewish or partial Jewish ancestry who had renounced their ancestry in the past. I mean, that's something that's been brought up on the show before. And, I mean, that's an obvious conflict. I mean, is that something can be addressed um you know i didn't i actually had never heard that before um i think that in in these in in cases like this it's really like you gotta you gotta just you know i mean there's there's an absolute purist stance which is like they're simply not allowed in which case i have to go in which case i have to go that's what he said 
So Mikey Knock is that that's three witnesses from his own mouth that, that he is undisputably a Jew. And here and here's the thing, Bill. You got I don't know, two or three camps of people that support him. You got the camp who's saying, Okay, he has a Jew wife, but she's only a quarter Jew. Um and, and, uh, before I even get to the other two camps, maybe you can speak on this and clarify it to the people out there. Um, because he's saying or these supporters are saying that well before they understood that he's Jewish himself, right? They're not even trying to accept that because they trust him so much that because he didn't come out and say, Eh, I'm Jewish, he came out and did admit that his wife was Jewish, but he said he didn't come out and say, I'm Jewish, which clearly those audios prove that. I mean there's this isn't oh he looks Jewy, his name sounded no, he's admitting to the fact that he's aligned himself as a Jew openly in three different audios. So that's case closed. But okay, so his first group of of supporters that are really down the rabbit hole are saying that his wife's only a quarter Jewish, which, first of all, there's nothing out there that says she's a quarter Jew. Not that that matters. It's the one drop law as far as I'm concerned anyway. Well, right. I'm sure. Right, right. But this idea that, well, Hitler would have accepted her and she would have been identified as a German anyway. So So everything's cool. Hitler Hitler made mistakes and we should accept them. Because why? We worship Hitler? Right. And somebody was saying to me, too, that even the quarter Jews weren't allowed to have kids and all this other stipulations. Like, they were very restricted if they were even allowed. I don't. I didn't look in all that anyways. But to me, hey, we have science, a lot better science now that you got any Jew in you. We can figure that out and, and get you out of the picture. But she's admittedly a Jew. She was a member of B'nai B'rith. She worked for NBC, AOL, uh, Lycos. I mean... Her whole bio, or not her bio, her resume was about social engineering, social media engineering, uh, all this stuff that would have benefited TRS to the popularity it's been in, in, in the type of propaganda they were using. And um, so then you had the second camp, which would run around saying uh, this term purity spiraling, which what they're trying to say is, Oh, come on now. Quarter Jews are okay. Quarter Negroes, eighth Jews. I mean, where do we really draw the line? Well, I tell you where I draw the line. If you know you have kike in you, that's it. I don't want to deal with it. You know, and so these people and uh these people right here have um have have made it clear that they're willing to compromise for some entertainment table scraps. That's you know basically what, I mean? like, what they want is entertainment. They, they really don't care about the principle. Right, right. The, the principle is if it, it if if you're mixed, if you're mixed blood, you're not white. You don't meet our ideal, and you have to be excluded. You belong with the group that you're mixed with, not with whites. Right, right, exactly. And, and it's even blacks, e- even blacks today in America understand that. They count quarter blacks as black. They don't count them as white. They recognize them as black. They recognize Obama. Obama's mother's a Jew. She she looked white. She had fair skin, but she was a Jew. But Obama's black. Nobody goes around saying Obama's a Jew, even though by the the so-called Jewish law, which we know is a perversion, you're a Jew if your mother's a Jew. Nobody's ever called Obama a Jew. But he's a Jew according to Jewish law. Now, his father's black, and all the blacks think that, and, and admit and accept him as black. He sure as hell isn't white. The, the um, DNA tests, 
an, an admitted Jew, okay, maybe, and let me talk about DNA tests first, right? That there are haplogroups that definitely identify you as non-white. There are haplogroups which only belong to non-whites. There's a haplogroup that, that the haplogroup J, it, it happens to be called, that only belongs to Jews. There's the K haplogroup, which comes from the, the, the Orient and, and belongs to the Turks. That there are haplogroups that are peculiar to non-whites that whites should not have. And if you have one of those haplogroups, I'm sorry, you're not white. I don't care how white you look. But... Aside from the haplogroups, if you have a white haplogroup and you're, you get a DNA test that says that you're 2% this or 1% or, or that or 3.5% this, well, well, the margin of error on most of those tests it is 4 to 5%, 6%. That's their admitted margin of error. It's at least 4%, and I've read higher that now... Aside from that, DNA science is based on many presumptions, which are often ignorant of the fact that modern populations are not the original populations, and that most whites, especially in the Middle East, in, in, in Central Asia, and in North Africa, most whites, most non-whites who inhabit those places now, have a significant amount of white blood in them because whites used to inhabit those places. So the DNA science scientists do not account for that. Generally, they go on the presumption that the Arabs have always looked like Arabs. So the genes that the Arabs have have always been representative of that area, and that's wrong. And Arabs have a good number of white genes. And many Arabs are of the white haplogroups, R1A, R1B. Well, well and I. Well, well um, as far as that, that is concerned, that aspect is concerned, DNA tests are not reliable. But if you're from a non-white haplogroup, you're not white. On the other side of the coin, maybe the DNA tests are not always accurate. But the acceptance of an admitted Jew breaks down the racial ideal and cannot be permitted because once that racial ideal is violated, you're on a slippery slope and you're sliding right down to the pits of hell. There's nowhere to draw the line. When you draw the line past one drop, there is absolutely no basis, no moral basis for drawing a line of two drops or three or 18% or 15% or 49%. What the hell? Where do you stop? You don't. You stop at one drop. We know what the ideal is and we hold to the ideal and we don't compromise on it. Exactly. And the same thing goes with the sodomites too out here. These Jack Donovans, Greg Johnson, uh, and these fag enablers like Richard Spencer. You know, these guys are the ones that are inviting them into meetings and groups and giving them a platform. So it's, um, you know, the, speaking of this, the DNA stuff. Now, the one person who is visibly exposed his identity of the TRS group is this guy called Maracchio. And he did a video in which he did a 23andMe uh, DNA test. Now, 23andMe is owned by the wife of the owner of Google. Big Jewish 
Yeah, right. I wouldn't obviously. give a dime. I wouldn't well, trust them. Right. Well, his DNA came out 1.6% sub-Saharan African. Yeah, right. And that's probably just bullshit, and it's the margin of error is 4%. Right. But at least he was honest. He was up front. You could at least see what he's about. You know, he didn't hide that. So as far as anybody in that group, now his actions defending these Jews, he's out of the picture anyways. You defended him. You, you know, you went too far. And that goes for all these people. Like I said, this Greg Johnson, personally how I would have dealt with that. Now, look, I've met people like Bill Fink, Scott Roberts, you know, these other guys, and think what you will of them, but they're everything that I've seen them online to present themselves as their audience do. They're exactly what they present themselves as, and that's what you have. You know what I mean? They're not anonymous. They're not hiding anything. But these guys are all at TRS, with the exception of the that one guy that showed his DNA and all that. There, there were a group of tight-knit people that didn't uh, say to anybody. And, and to have that kind of uh, clout on the Internet, you know, they ranked at 39,000 uh, at their peak, is uh, it's not a good situation. Well, well, here's the way I look at it, right? right? It, if you're, um, TRS is collecting donations. They're living off donations. They're living off of user subscriptions. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on, it's only a blog. It, it's only a blog. That's all it is, and they do a podcast, right? I got, Christogenia now has 13 servers online. Five, five real dedicated servers and eight little cloud servers and, and VPSs that I use that, that are very inexpensive. I could run a blog on a cloud server for 20 bucks a month. Now, right. the, the right stuff is taking donations and money from member subscriptions. And I could understand being anonymous if you have a blog that costs you Twenty thirty dollars a month to run. That's fine, and you do the the white nationalist podcast or the writing, and and you have talent to do that. That's fine, and you want to be anonymous. That's fine if you're not supporting yourself through that website or that blog. Then it's fine to be anonymous because you have to go out and work a day job to support yourself. Mm -hmm. Right? I, I mean, that's fair, right? There's a lot of people that are good white nationalist or Christian identity writers that are anonymous because they have jobs and families to support. And they need those jobs. There's no way they're going to support their family off a Christian identity website or a white nationalist website. Well, these people are 39000 on 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 Alexa. They probably can support themselves off their website. They're doing so well. And and at least with their, their, their site traffic, they're generating. Well, well, why are they anonymous? Right, right. If you don't have a day job and a family to support, you don't need to be anonymous. And some of them I give credit. I mean, I give Greg Johnson credit. He's really Greg Johnson and Richard Spencer credit. He's really Richard Spencer. But they have other problems. But let's talk about Greg Johnson first. I mean, he's a sodomite. The sodomite Greg Johnson has posted an article at Countercurrents in support of Mike Enoch. Now, Countercurrents is his website. It's a pretty popular website. It, it's at least as popular as Christogenia. I, I know that from, from examining its Alexa rankings. It, it's, um, he's been around a long time. It, he's done work with and, and 
interacted with the American Renaissance crowd. He's done work and interacted with um, Kevin McDonald and the Occidental Observer. His articles are posted there. But the guy's a sodomite. And he doesn't, I, I don't know how a sodomite can be a white nationalist. I can't figure this out, right? Uh, a white nationalist loves his nation and his people and wants to see them grow. A sodomite is actually re removing players from, from the baby game. Uh, I mean, you're not doing anything for your race. What are you doing for, you, for the propagation of your race? Well, it's also, it's it, also it's, a disgusting perversion. Well, well yes. I mean, no, it's yeah. definitely a disgusting perversion. There's no doubt. But sodomites are going to exist whether they're nationalists or not. They certainly shouldn't be nationalists because they everything they do is in their personal lives is against their nation. It's against the normal function and health of their nation. And, and that's what I'm trying to get at. The sodomite Greg Johnson has posted an article just the other day at Countercurrents in support of this Mike Enoch, boldly announcing why I support Mike Enoch. Johnson admits that whites and Jews need a racial divorce. He laments the fact that Enoch's personal Jewish problem would prevent him from seeing that, and he continues to support him. But Johnson claims to have known that Enoch's wife was a Jew, as you said, from the very beginning. So why did Enoch have to be doxxed if other white nationalists knew he was, his, he was married to a Jew? And, and now they haven't admitted that Enoch is a Jew himself, but being a rabid anti-Semite, as Enoch was on the radio, on, on, on internet radio, it would be quite a surprise to see him married to a Jew. And, and that should be a concern. Johnson knows he was married to a Jew. Greg Johnson is a gatekeeper. That There's no other, I, I have no other explanation for that. Why he didn't protest that openly, knowing the situation. That, that goes to show exactly, it, it raises a question immediately. What else are you hiding there, Greg Johnson? Well, well right, exactly. What else are you willing to hide? Exactly. Right. Now, now, Johnson laments the fact that Enoch's personal Jewish problem, referring to the fact that he knew his wife was a Jew, his personal Jewish pro problem would prevent him from seeing that, meaning that whites and Jews need a racial divorce. We're going to get to that in another moment. And, and too bad Johnson doesn't figure out that Jews were the original sodomites. He should divorce his love for his own perversions if he dislikes Jews. Then he naively says that one more false statement floating around is that Mike is a Jew. I have no reason to believe that. I have seen no evidence for that claim. We just had three podcasts, right? Where, where the guy basically admitted being a Jew. And he says, I think that if he were, he would have leveled with me about that as well. Well, Greg Johnson is evidently naive to the coming of <laughs> Jews. They're born liars. Enoch himself admitted being a Jew, and they cannot see it when it's right in front of their noses. Wow. Could you imagine being that naive of calling yourself a white nationalist? I, I wouldn't. Uh, that guy, if he doesn't admit he's a Jew, then I would take his word for it, even though he lied about well, his well, Jew right. wife. He's a clown. And in right. spite of Johnson's sodomy, he, he, I've read a lot of his articles. He's a very good writer. He seems to be a sincere nationalist. Notice I say seems. 
He's very intelligent, and he's intelligent enough to be a liar himself. But nevertheless, he's a gatekeeper. He just doesn't get, and, and this article on Enoch goes on to, to, to expose this, and I'm going to quote it. He doesn't get the genetic nature of nationalism. He says further on in the same article, My position about Mike's marriage, which I shared with Mike at the time, is the following. The main problem with Jews is not their genes, it is their culture. Come on. Oh, wow. I didn't even get down really? to that part. Yeah, that's... He says, that's yes, genetics shapes culture, but it does not determine it in every detail. He's oblivious to the Jewish question. This guy yeah. seems like a really intelligent guy, and he's a freaking idiot. He's oblivious to the Jewish question, or... Maybe he has purposely developed such an errant position in order to keep his friends at Amren happy, American Renaissance, the open Jew lovers. Because Jared Taylor, this alt-right hero, is also married to a Jewess. And the American Renaissance people are absolutely enamored with conservative Jews and Jewish money. Now... I don't know about you, Bill. Well, actually, I completely know. I'm not even going to make that statement. I know that you and I and everybody listening can for sure say <laughs> from our standpoints, we understand what this battle is about. And I don't give two craps about how good somebody is, how well they write, how intelligent they are, how much great video editing they could do. We don't want you in our group. We don't want you Jews Half breeds or none of you guys. No, you're, none. You're not. You're not. You're not the, the, this door is not open. And we don't need anybody like Greg Johnson that would sympathize with him. Right. We don't need exactly. Them. And and he's not even the worst one. Tan Staffel also came out of the closet uh, on this Mike Enoch issue, and and right. Tan Staffel's long admitted that he has a Jewish wife. But he not only has a Jewish wife. I've heard him say with my own ears that. He would marry his kids off to whites in order to breed the Jewiness out of them. And, and he, lives, <laughs> he lives in Appalachia and raises his little serpent kids among real whites. So he's a danger to future generations of whites. He should really move to Atlanta so he could marry his part Jew kids off to niggers, and we would all be better off. He appropriately calls his blog the Age of Treason. He's the one committing the treason. Tan Staffel recently wrote a post about the Mike Enoch situation, and, and while he did not sympathize with Enoch, Tan Staffel claimed that his own situation was different, saying that the main difference is that I disclosed it myself, meaning that he got on the radio, and he did, he did it, I heard him do it six years ago, that he was married to a Jewess, and then he made every excuse why he should stay married to that Jewess, and he said that he stays married to her that because he loves his family. Tan Staffel has frequently been heard to say that he stays with his wife and kids, who he admits he can, I saw him, I heard him say that he could see the Jewish traits in his wife and kids. He's admitted that. But he stays with his wife and kids because he loves his family. And then, out of the other side of his mouth, he admits that Jews are parasites by blood, but somehow I guess his kids aren't parasites. He loves them despite their Jewish blood. 
Tanstaffel is a clown that needs to be doxxed and put away from anything that's right because he's a hypocrite and he's a walking bundle of contradictions in spite of his apparent intelligence. And he's another good writer. Yeah, I didn't understand. I was reading his article on his on his site about the Jew wife problem and I, I couldn't make sense of the the disconnect in his head, like, yeah, the Jew and their the pathogen, what do you say? The the truth is the foremost pathogen, the Jew. And I'm like, aren't you laying in bed and breeding right. with one? Like what? Right. And and Tanstaffel is the perfect example of the power that an agenda could have over the rational in- intellect. No right. matter how smart you are, if you have an agenda, if you love something more than you love the truth, you're going to put the truth away and and follow your agenda. And that's what Tan Staffel has done. He's an absolute hypocrite and another alt-right clown. Bill, one of the things I, I noticed a few years back um, when we started to see this group coming out of Britain, the English Defense League, which was this group that considered themselves to be, I don't know, quasi-nationalists, if you will. Um, and, you know, I don't think they openly presented themselves as anything ethnic nationalism, but and this, first of all, the, to digress a little bit, this idea of civic nationalism is retarded. It's like Jewish nationalism. Well, well but, right. The idea of a nation is the people that have a common heritage and and, and history and culture, and, and you can't be patriotic unless you have a common patriarch. Right. I, I mean, if a Mexican wants to be patriotic, that's fine. He has to go be patriotic with a bunch of freaking Mexicans. He, yeah, you he can't, can't buy uh, patriotic with me. We have no common patriarch. Yeah, cheeseburgers and apple pie don't mean we come from the same ilk. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, um, but one of the things I've seen with Jews and their agenda coming around is, well, they they were knee deep in the EDL, the English Defense League. I mean, they even had a Jewish chapter, and they were completely fine with all these Hindu dindus coming into ranks. Uh, the the feminists they weren't even really against any of that. They were pro-faggot, they were even pro-Arab. The only thing they were against was Islam. And I could see if you were against Islam because of the brown skins coming into your country. But they were only against it because Islam was against all the Jew vices. That was the only reason. Now, I, I think what you have here is you have so such a huge wave of dirt skins in, in the world flooding everywhere in white countries that the Jews are starting to get to the point where they're so uncomfortable themselves that they want to jump back in bed with the people that they used to feel threatened about. But I think they, they think at this point they're uh, that we have so many Judeo-Christian evangelist types out there that worship them as God's chosen right. that they think it's safe for them to jump back in bed with whites and have the sheets over their eyes and maybe that snake won't bite them again, you know. But um, that's what I think is going on here. Like they're willing to come out to the right now and, and kind of leave the left like all the former communists are libertarians now and uh the one of the biggest uh, initial libertarians in the 90s was this uh whoever the guy was behind antiwar.com you know he openly admitted that his his parents were big jew commies out of hollywood and they ended up progressing into libertarianism well like i said it's basically what i see is they just want to get in bed with whites because they're getting so uncomfortable with their own machinations of all these dirt skins so 
Well, well, Jews invented libertarianism, and Jews invented libertarianism to, and, and I think we did a program on this once, to, to convince whites that they should be able to live together and coexist with the devil. That's why libertarianism exists. Libertarians. Right. Oh, as long as you don't do it in my house, you can do whatever you want in your house. Yeah, so the, the, a faggot like Greg Johnson could run your little boy over to his house and do whatever he wants. I, I mean, that's the ultimate outcome. Libertarianism convinces stupid white Christians that it's okay to have devils living in their neighborhoods. Li libertarianism is a total failure. Gatekeepers, exactly. Gatekeepers give people a little bit of truth and steer them the wrong way on critical issues. The most glaring and blatantly deceptive example of an internet gatekeeper is Alex Jones's claim that the Arabs control Hollywood. And, and to me, David Duke is a gatekeeper because he pretends to teach about Jewish treachery, but he upholds their biggest and most dangerous lies. All of these so-called white nationalists who embrace Jews or refuse to condemn them or even worse, Jared Taylor, the whole Amran clown, Kevin McDonald also accepts Jewish lies. Kevin McDonald is also tolerant of sodomites, so he too is a gatekeeper. Spencer networks with McDonald, he networks with the Amran cloud, crowd, American Renaissance, he, he, he networks with the sodomite Greg Johnson. So Spencer's got to be a gatekeeper. Some of these clowns certainly must be gatekeeping consciously, and others simply aren't as red-pilled as they think they are. A lot of these alt-writers aren't as red-pilled as they claim to be. The clowns at the blogspot website Alternative Right builds itself as the founding site of the alt-right. I don't know if that's correct or not. And it has articles about Hitler's Germany that seem to accept the Jewish and mainstream narrative on National Socialist Germany, with no question. Germany was the aggressor, Britain was the innocent victim, this is the alt-right, and, and it shows a complete ignorance of the extent of the Jewish political and economic influence in the West. And, and the main writer seems to be a, a guy named Colin Little, or, or maybe that's Little Colin, Colin Little, and he cannot be dumb. He can't be this dumb on purpose. He must be a gatekeeper. Yeah, he's he's Colin of the Dale has has been a complete gatekeeper from the beginning. He's a total piece of trash. Well, I mean, I want to talk about David Duke because he came out and and you did a whole video on this, and maybe you could explain that, or or maybe you could point it to me, and we'll play part. I don't know what you want to do, but but David Duke came out supporting Mike Enoch, in spite of the recent revelations concerning his character. Right. Well, I'll tell you what, I I sat back for a couple of years on the David Duke stuff and let the nine eleven issue slide, and when he came out and supported Enoch. That was when the devs on the floodgates had to open as far as my as far as I went. Um now to give you a little history on my personal experience with Duke and especially in regards to the nine eleven issue, is back when nine eleven missing links was released in August of two thousand eight. Uh it spread far and wide. Millions of people everywhere, whatever. It I mean it was on every site, pretty much except for like maybe InfoWars. I mean Jeff Rents picked it up, what really happened picked it up. I mean it was everywhere. David Irving, even David Duke 
promoted it, put it on DavidDuke.com. It was there as an article, and I, I showed people in this video that I just did on my channel the screenshot from Archive.org's Wayback Machine where you could clearly see a glowing review of the of Missing Links and how great it was, and it exposes the Jews behind 9-11. I mean, you... Anybody that's watched this, anybody, I've never had somebody go, I'm, I'm really not convinced, Mike, that the Jews did 9-11 stuff. It had to be the Muzzies. <laughs> I just haven't had that happen unless somebody's really just full of crap. I mean, that's just, and I, I really haven't even had those. You know, it, it's it's retarded to, to come out and conclude anything other than Jews doing 9-11 at that point. He promoted this in September, I think it was September 18th, like exactly a month after that. And... He changed his site in about 2011, 2012, and he's since done it again to a different format. Like, I don't know, a different WordPress theme or whatever he's using over there. And it transferred over because every once in a while I would show people, hey, you know, this, this, you know, Missing Links was featured on all these other guys' website or whatever, you know. Well, all of a sudden one day I go to look and I don't find it in his archives. And I'm like, oh, did they get bumped off of, you know, like a chronological order of count. Is he bumping old articles? No, because there was articles from literally the day before, two days after, you know. Everything was there still except for that article scrubbed from his website. And I think that happened maybe 2011 or 2012. So um, TrueTube comes out in February 2013. And it, it took off running, and he saw the he saw the light, uh, you know, at the end of the tunnel with that site, knew it was going to be big, and it did. I got up to I think was it the high, low fifties or something like that, fifty thousand in the rankings, and then I started having issues with it. But he he jumped on board, you know, started, hey Mike, hey, let's do it all, let's do a show on my on my show on the Rents Network and stuff, and I said, oh yeah, okay. But he told me he did not come on or say nothing about nine eleven. Don't be, you know, don't bring up the nine eleven issues, you know, just about true too. And I got on there and said my spiel about 9-11 anyways <laughs> i was like whatever dude i'm not i'm not holding back you know that's uh you know it's like it's like it's like i said in the video it's my niche it's my forte is what i did that i know the best you know if it's, there's a one trick pony i had it was that 9-11 stuff and it's that's how i woke up to the jews i saw the jews around all the, the other conspiracy theories you know sites and such and i realized they're investing a lot of time and effort in covering this up and you know the hence the birth of missing links so it was a concerted effort now. There was two times. And then I saw him come out with videos where he was comfortable in the Levon affair, in the USS Liberty. They've done terrorism against us. But then he would be completely silent on 9-11. And some people pointed out that he said, like, I think once on press TV, that they had Israel had their fingerprints. That was his quote, I guess. I'm like, well, that's not really saying much. And on press TV, I think that's pretty par for the course. <laughs> They know that, you know. Um, so I, you know, after I saw him come out and defend Enoch for having a Jew wife, and whether he was ignorant to the fact that he was a Jew himself, I said, uh, "This can't, this can't be, you know, I can't let this slide." And I knew I was going to take a lot of flack for people, you know. Well, he's got a track record; it's good at waking people up. And blah. I said it like this: I said, I don't care how much he woke people up, how good he's done. It's like I tell my kids in life, it's not how fast you climb that hill, it's the mistake you make when you fall back down that, that kills it all. You climb up that hill fast or slow, however you want, but you can screw it all up with one mistake, and that's what he did. As far as in my book, he screwed it up with that one mistake, and it, I was done with it. And so I, I let my story come out, you know, and I, I didn't say, you know, hey, he's a shill, he's a, he's a Jew. I didn't, you know, jump off the bridge with it or nothing. I just pointed out 
And I said, take what you will. But he was buddies real tight for a long time with Don Black. Don Black has been alerted multiple times. I provided even one of the audios that people would specifically go call into his AM radio show in the kike-infested Fort Lauderdale area that he had this AM radio show and would tell him, hey, did you see Mike Delaney's missing links? It's not this Alex Jones conspiracy stuff. It actually just shows you who did 9-11. Oh, well, we know darn well that it wasn't controlled demolitions. It was the fires that took down the tower. And, yeah, I know about Building 7. That was because of a – like he's parroting the most absurd Jew version of it. Now, on the flip side of the fence – from these guys who are obfuscating and pushing like the most retarded official version story, you have people like Renatards who are salivating now at the TRS taking a sinking because they're over there going, oh, look at us. We were right all along. But by the way, the earth is flat. Everything's a hoax and no planes hit the tower and they're going all, all off the rails with this crap, right? So it's like you got all these honeypots out there. You, if, you, if you're way over here, then then you say, oh, those guys are wrong. And then you go all the way to the other side of the room, and then you run into those kind of idiots. Yeah, well, the but, renegade, uh, the, the, the renegades or, or the renegade crowd, yeah, you know, that um, Kyle Hunt, he was the cosmic Gnostic before right. he suddenly became a white nationalist. That Now, anybody who's ever studied Christianity understands that Gnosticism is Jewish to the core. Gnosticism came out, out, out of the Alexandrian Jews in Egypt, and the Gnostics sought to discredit Christians from the 2nd century, from the early 2nd century, late 1st century A.D. And, and that they invented all those Gnostic gospels and all, all those crazy-ass stories. He, he was, Kyle Hunt was the cosmic Gnostic, and he was selling something, and there's still remnants of this online, he was selling something called the Rainbow Alphabet. Come on, how queer is that? And, well, and, not to not to mention his old lady with all those. Uh... Well, well, yeah, his old lady with the, the, her personal collection of rainbows, right? Yeah, uh, all the apes, Jamal and Leroy <laughs> and and Kunta Kinte. That the, the um, Kyle, Kyle Hunt went from being a cosmic Gnostic to being a Christ hating. He was a Christ-hating cosmic Gnostic, and I guess that didn't pagan enough, so he became a Christ-hating pagan white nationalist. I, I guess hoping that would pay better. Well, and, and this is the reason to give you a little history why him and I never got along from the get-go was this whole ZCF fiasco when I found out what ZCF was really about, and then come to find out he was mestizo and and running his mouth and bashing the heck out of Christianity, and I just said, okay, he's got to go. I kicked him, kicked him off. And they made it that I kicked them off just because it was over a Christian deal, and it was over many ideas. Um, and he was the biggest bullhorn on the block for bashing me for that. You know, it was his job to come after me. And he's, and, and mind you, everybody else that was going to side on the wrong side of the fence ended up coming back and apologizing. Yo, man, you were right, Dad. ZCF turns out he was anti-white and he's mestizo and now he's anti-Hitler when he was pretending to be pro-Hitler and all this other crap. I was like, yeah, not that Kyle Hunt, that long-haired hippie faggot, you know, is, um, yeah, he's a piece of work. And, and it's funny because his, he lets his wife get on air and rant and rave. And I just, everybody's heard of the term cuck and I'm not going to describe what the official term cuckold came from, but if you know, that is exactly what he is. His wife 
is probably banging Negroes while he cries in the corner. I mean, that's all I envision when I see those two. Well, well, right. She does have a, a recorded history of um, liaisons, friendships, working relationships, whatever you want to call it, with multiple Negroes. And now she's Mrs. Cuck Hunt. <laughs> or I like the way you put his name, Cunt. K H A U N T. That's his name, Cunt. <laughs> and, and her name is Sin Aid. Sin Aid. And it's, it's perfect. All... They're perfect together. Oh wow, that's um, that's uh, that's that's laughable. Bill, I, I want to. Um, we were talking about this before the show about what I perceive this alt right label is, and I was going to get into it here uh, real quick if we got time. I don't know how long the show is well, for, well, but right now we got plenty of time. We have an open schedule. I'd, I'd like to say one more thing about David Duke and Don Black, but because sure. they are gatekeepers, there's no doubt, and it runs a lot deeper than the 9/11 issue. I mean, I know to you and and to a lot of people. Um, that are Christian identity or, or white nationalists today, or at least that that are aware of Jewish treachery. The 9-11 issue is very important that because that was their awakening to um, steal a, a title from David Duke, right? But David Duke dismisses the idea that Jews were behind 9-11. Don Black dismisses the idea that Jews were behind 9-11. These guys came out of the Christian Patriot Movement in, in the 1980s and secularized white nationalism. There was no real secular white nationalism before David Duke and Don Black. They took Christianity out of white nationalism, hoping to popularize it. And they've attracted all sorts of scum, but they also run cover for the Jews. And there's two ways they do this. And the second way is the original way, and it's much more important than 9-11. And that's that they uphold the entire Jewish paradigm concerning the Bible and history. David Duke has, has had long-time acquaintances early in his life, back in Louisiana, but with Frank Warner of, of the Christian Defense League in, in Metairie, Louisiana, of, of um, Gerald L. K. Smith, and, and, and who was a Christian identity pastor, right, and, and moved from Louisiana to, um, to Eureka Springs, Arkansas, and, and many people who were associated with them and with the Klan in Louisiana were Christian identity. And even if you don't understand the Christian side of Christian identity, it's really pretty easy to understand that the Jews, who have historically um, historically undermined, that, that, they, that they get themselves in, they infiltrate, and they undermine every nation, that they also did that to Judea. In the 2nd century B.C., these people who call themselves Jews today were infiltrators and underminers in ancient Judea. And the Bible is a book built around a pastoral, agrarian society. It is so easy to read the Bible and see that there is no way that those people could have been Jews. They were freaking farmers. They could not have been Jews. They were farmers and they were warriors. Now, 
It should be easy to understand that today's Jews are not the people of the Bible, but David Duke and Don Black on his Stormfront Forum constantly uphold that the Jews are the people of the Bible, that they're telling the truth about they lie about everything else, but they're telling the truth about the Bible. They made up the Holocaust, but they're telling the truth about the Bible. Come on. Nobody can believe that. Nobody should believe that. You know, it is very true because if, if you look at all the old timers in the, in the movements back then from the 80s, even, well, the 80s when things probably started um, transforming, if you will. But, I mean, white nationalism was synonymous with at least a branch of a form of Christian identity. I mean, every we look back at all the old timers. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, even Metzger was CI one time, wasn't he? I mean, the order was CI. Yeah, Metzger was a uh, CI. Yeah. Sell out a lot of the, uh, not the whole order, but a few of the people, the prominent members of the order were CI. Yes. Right. I mean, you had, uh, from what I saw back then. And here's another thing that is interesting to know too. Uh, Daily Stormer had a had a poll taken. Uh, it was about a year or two, but still they had plenty, tens of thousands of people on there in the site. So it was a good poll to take because it it was the right audience. Uh, which is probably white nationalists and Jews. <laughs> so take what you want from the, re the results, but the results were pretty conclusive. The number one spot of people that subscribe to either you know paganism, wotanism, or self-described Jew, Christian identity, uh, traditional Catholic, regular Catholic. The number one spot on there was Christian identist, and that's it. You know, it wasn't uh, atheist, it wasn't agnostic, none of those. And then the second one was paganism, but. You know, like I said, there's no telling how many Jews were on there, but it's it's pretty clear. I've you know I've seen it over and over. I'm sure other people have that when the Jews let it slip once in a while, like the guy was E. Roll Summers, who Obama was going to bring in for the TSA, he made it very clear. He had done his research that he just, he decided that the most dangerous group of people out there in the world are not Muslims or even white nationalists or neo Nazis, but these Christian identity types. He said, right. So that was the that the FBI had a report for project called project megido about the whole y2k thing and all the excitement and christian identity this is back in 98 this was published i think and christian identity was considered the most dangerous anti-government group right so we, we've always been getting slandered like that but we are the ones that are hated the most we are the ones that jews hate the most. They hate us because we threaten their legitimacy. We undermine all of their claims to legitimacy and they know deep down inside that we are telling the truth. And Jewish scholars know that we are telling the truth. That's why they well, hate us. And at the end of the day, no matter if you, you know, I know there's a lot of good guys out there that consider themselves traditional Christian and uh, Orthodox Church and all this, and you know, even a lot of traditional Catholics and wh whatever have you. There's even guys out there that are because uh, Luther Lutherans I've seen, you know, in Facebook groups and all that. But Jew wise, racially aware, but those are compromised houses. You know what I mean? Those are compromised houses. At the end of the day, Christian identity is the only one that says a genetic drop of our enemy in them is our enemy, and that's it. There's no right. oh, well, they do good, they do good. There's none of this. We we'll still let Enoch in crap. Your dog does good by you, but he's only a dog. Yet you're right. not going to let him eat your daughter because he's a good dog. Yet you're and, and when something happens to him or he goes wrong, you're going to put a bullet in his head and get another dog. So, mm -hmm. so you don't let a, a, a 
quarter nigger in your society because he's a good quarter nigger and, and allow him to eat your daughter. And if he tries, you put a bullet in his head. He shouldn't have been in your society in the first place. And it's the same with the Jew. Jew, you know, they love to say Jews aren't a race. And, and that, that's true in the, fact, in, in, in the fact that they are not... Um, a homogenous an, an race. An original homogenous race created by God, or that we could say had a, a beginning in its own kind, right? That there's no um, technical species called Jew, which has certain traits that every Jew should have, like a goldfish, right? Well, well in that in 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 that aspect, Jews aren't a race, but they are a race because they are corrupted, they are bastards, and they pass down the same corrupted genes from generation to generation. And each generation has the same qualities. If Jews were not wicked and corrupted as a race, then why have we had a Jewish problem in every generation for 5,000 years? Yes, we have 5,000 years. In the Old Testament, they were called Canaanites and Edomites and Kenites and Rephaim, but we, and they're all mixed together, but we have had a Jewish problem for 5,000 years, and no matter where Jews go, no matter what white nation or, or what other nation they inhabit, there becomes a Jewish problem. And the right. Jews have us convinced that, or, or they try to convince mainstream whites, blue-pilled whites, that the problem is with everybody else except the Jews. Well, and if they get, if you let them in the door, it's like you said, 1% turns into 50%, turns into 100%. If they get an inch... They get an inch, they move their ground forward, and, and we well, lose ground. Why do we have so many problems with Jews that consider themselves non-religious Jews? And if Judaism is only a religion, why are there non-religious Jews? What the hell is an atheist Jew? So many people self-identify as atheist Jews. If Judaism is only a religion and not a race, what the fuck is an atheist Jew? There would be no uh, such thing. It's like saying I'm an atheist Christian, right? I, I mean, what the right. hell? Makes no sense at all. Jews are a race. Judaism is basically a, a corruption, a, a birth defect, which is passed down from generation to generation. So it's an inherited disease that all Jews have and all Jews always will have. Without exception. And you don't want anybody in your family marrying into your family that has that inherited disease because your grandkids are going to have it, right? I mean, it's indisputable. It's the original product of miscegenation. Well, well right. They're, they're all race mixed. The Jews are like a genetic cesspool. Every Jew is a genetic cesspool that they've got black in them, they've got oriental in them, they, they, they've got, if you understand the biblical viewpoint, they've got fallen angel in them, that they're evil, and, and they're, they're, they're always evil. Christ said, that he, he called them bad trees, and he said that a bad tree cannot possibly produce good fruit. 
I don't care how many times you want to mix them. If you want to mix your kids with Jews, you're destroying a, a, a generation of whites. If your kids are part Jew, like Tanstaffel, and you see them married to whites, you've just destroyed those white children and all of those genes down line forever. And you're working towards the destruction of an entire segment of the race, five, six, ten, twenty generations now. Well, you know, it's one of the things I said in the video, because they were trying to excuse this quarter Jew stuff, was that um, she was only a quarter Jew. I said, well, if I gave you three cups of water or three quarters of a cup of water and then urinate it in the other quarter of a cup, would you still drink it? It's, I mean, it's only a quarter cup of urine. I said, how much of my urine would you drink in a cup of water? Right. You tell me. Because, I mean, drop. I'm not drinking any urine at all. Not one drop, right? Not, not one, one drop. drop. So you don't want it in the blood of your children either. Right. Look, I, I got to call, um, I, I, don't, I know you wanted to go off into another in, into another subject, but I got to call An Andrew Anglin for ta to task here. Yeah, you know, that's the biggest alt-right site, right? He brags about mm -hmm. that, and he deserves it. I, I mean, it, it's the highest on the Alexa rankings. He gets a lot of exposure. Uh, a lot of his visitors are probably the enemy trolling, and right. that's fine. But that's Stormfront. I'll bet three-quarters of the storm people on Stormfront are non-white, anti-Fa and, and Jew trolls. I would bet that the, um, the, the days before his doxing, Anglin sung the praises of Enoch and the right stuff throughout an article called Alt-Right 2016, the current re year in review. I, I just read down it, clicked on most of the links. Since the doxing, Anglin is silent or neutral on Enoch. Is that because he doesn't want to offend Duke? Do, do working relationships allow us to set aside principles? Or, or doesn't he want to admit that he made a mistake I, I mean we could all, I worked with Eli James for two years right what well, we all make mistakes admit isn't it better that he just say hey this guy's a Jew I gotta back off him what we liked his material I mean you could like the guy's material I worked with Eli James for two years found out he was a damn fraud I still like a lot of things he said it, it's not everything he did was bad but it had to end, and I had to say, well, I can't work with him anymore, and here's why. Can't Anglin just come clean and, and say, okay, Enoch's a Jew, and what, what, we have to put it behind us now? What's hard about well, that? Well, actually, he did. He did that last night on a podcast called The Crypto Report. Um, where he, he, Now, don't get me wrong. Anglin's not coming out there like I am about this and hammering it home, but at the same time, he's always kind of took the position that, he doesn't want to get into the drama stuff, not necessarily because it's infighting. It's not infighting if it's a Jew, right? But well, well, he doesn't right, like to get into the, the movement drama. But he did. When he you're did. in an influential position, you got to be right. clean with your readers and, and the people that you influence. I'm sorry. Well, and that's 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 my position. That is mine. And but he did he did uh, put that out there uh, last night on that on that show. He, he started the show off actually with whoever these. Uh, the other guys were on there um that yeah it's good well here's the thing he said it's confirmed that his wife's a jew and i don't know if you got a chance to check out the third video i did about him being a jew but he basically said just because he lied and he deceived and his wife is a jew that his hands are washed of that whole scene of that whole group over there or, or at least at least this enoch character um he said you know we can't tolerate that so I give him credit, albeit it's, it was soft, 
uh, I give him credit because, uh, you know, and he's always stuck to the idea that that's our main focus is the Jews. You know, is it's not uh, we're we're, we're going to compromise a little bit, let them in bed with us. Like he's he's always been hard on the Milo issue, the Cernoviches. Um Now, I appreciate that he's hard on the Milo issue because Milo's a flaming freaking faggot. But is he hard on Breitbart? I, I don't know. I didn't. I couldn't. Yeah, you know, Anglin. His website's so transient, and I very rarely go there. Only when somebody gives me a, a really good-sounding link do I go there. And everything on his website's so transient that to track, for me, that only pays occasional attention to track down where he stands on certain things isn't easy to do, right? Right. Well, there's there's something, there's a little strategy that Anglin takes with a lot of different issues that are pretty interesting and very successful, and that's co-opting groups that necessarily we look on the surface be like that's a jewish group for instance one of them being the alt-right the alt-right is a bunch of kikes like ramsey paul uh who's another jewish faggot you know what i mean and uh milo and initially from what i understood he he called because daily stormer obviously he's at like 15 grand right now on alexa he's even beating prison planet in the rankings so he called it the site, he called Daily Stormer the number one alt-right site, which now he's calling it the number one republic or the most trusted republican website. He, it's not that he's considering himself to be a run-of-the-mill republican conservative cuck. It's that he's co-opting them so that now whenever the media gives any of these other groups attention, it's already supposed that they're Jew-hating neo-Nazis. So it, it's, a, it's a good strategy because it, it would be like, like I was explaining before, if there was a bunch of Jews that started coming out and pretending to be Christian identists, like, you know, Marty, um, then they would they would slander the name of Christian identity, but it, it, it doesn't you, – you still they, – they, they co-opt us all the time, so it's kind of a reverse co-opting kind of deal. Well, well, I understand that. I, I understand that Anglin, you know, taking the Republican label, I think it's pretty damn funny, to be honest with you. Uh, a lot of people might look at that and say, what the hell is he doing? But I could see that he's co-opting the, the, the label of Republican from, from people that really haven't deserved it in, in since maybe Herbert Hoover or something. I, I, I mean, right? <laughs> So I think that's funny as hell, right? And and I could see him. I I didn't really realize he was doing that with the all right label. Even the the lefty websites like Salon dot com ranked Anglin and 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 I forget the third site. I I really do. So forgive me for that. But Anglin site the Daily Stormer and um. The right stuff, which is now we know it belongs to a Jew named Mike Enoch, who who has just been a gate, an an absolute gatekeeper. But that that these are the top two of the top three alt right websites that were named by the, the lefty outfits that had talked had had published articles. Salon.com was one of them had had published articles about the Mike Enoch doxing. And in case my listeners don't know, because I don't know how much of them are up on the alt-right lingo, doxing is a term that they use now to describe the placing of an anonymous blogger's or an anonymous podcaster's personal information online. Oh, and and really even not always anonymous, but that that's how they um, 
that that's a scheme the Antifa uses to try to um, expose people from from white nationalism or Christian identity. Uh, I was actually doxed by the Antifa six months after I got out of prison in in June 2009. They published my name, address, phone number right right on their Antifa websites, but none of the bastards ever came to my house. Yeah, same here. I, I didn't worry. Here. I mean, that comes with the territory. That's that's why I say you, if you get into this and you get into a role where you're influencing people, or I don't want to say a leadership role, but that's kind of what it is. You know what I mean? You're 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 having influence over people that are listening to your content or taking it in. That position puts you on a spotlight, and being anonymous on the internet sometimes isn't anonymous at all. You know what I mean? So. You you have to have to. T- I mean, when I came out with ProThink.org, I right away was you know, it was Michael Delaney. You know, that's just I, I, I so I didn't have to worry about that issue. Just like you came out as well like that, but um, yeah, that's 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 the whole ordeal behind doxing. Well, well, this Sodomai Milo was openly promoted by another gatekeeper named Mike Cernovich. He he's. Cernovich is getting credit in some places for helping to instigate the doxing of his quote-unquote competitor, Mike Enoch. And why would I consider any other CI pastor, say, a competitor? Or why, because I I consider myself a Christian nationalist more than a CI pastor, I, I, I don't. Uh, I don't use the late the title, right? Well, why would I consider any other Christian nationalist a competitor? I would consider another CI pastor or another Christian nationalist a partner, a fellow worker. Why would Cernovich consider Mike Enoch a competitor is kind of lost on me. If they're both quote unquote white nationalist bloggers, but there seems to be competition amongst the shills of the alt-right. Maybe there's competition amongst the gatekeepers. Well, you know what's funny is, is Cernovich came out in December with a video where he basically, or not basically, he said, there's a morbidly obese individual out here who runs around calling me Jew Cernovich and Kaikovich and everything else. Who's married to a Jewish woman? He says, I don't see anything wrong with him being married to a Jewish woman. But if his flock ever find out, and he says, I'm going to reserve doxing him here because, you know, whatever the case we should have. Um, but, yeah, even Cernovich knew this back in December that Enoch had a Jewish wife. And, like I said, the, the big the big ordeal out of it all is not even the wife. It's the fact that he's a Jew. Yeah, right. He's a Jew. Those three podcasts prove he's a Jew. That they'll be posted on a Christiania media sharing site, and and in the they're all one of them's already posted, media.christiania.org, and and the other two will be there tonight, along as well as in the forum. I, I started a um, an American nationalism section of the forum. I I don't believe I ever had one, but I, I never did, and and I started it for my notes for this program, and and they're already posted, most of them. Right. Enoch, my, Mike Enoch, uh, I see him as the kosher-approved Jew basher. He, he never got knocked over, or, or, or his PayPal was never pulled. His podcasts, from what I understand, were basically anti-Semitic rants, this daily showa. 
And, and he, I mean, I know people that, Andrew Anglin lost his PayPal account, right? It was canceled. And, and other people were, were, were um, canceled from PayPal well, without ceremony and without recourse because of their anti-Semitic positions. Carolyn Yeager, I mean, they canceled her PayPal account because they said she was profiting from the Holocaust. And that's something that Jews have been doing for, for 80 years, but, but it's not <laughs> allowed to her because she's evidently not a Jew, right? Well, they banned me for PayPal for TrueTube, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I forgot about that, actually. I'm sorry. But yeah, they banned you from PayPal for TrueTube. But, but this... um. Mike Enoch, I mean, from what I understand, he had some just straight anti-Semitic rants all over his Daily Show program and, and and the right stuff, and and he never lost his PayPal account, and and he was supposedly doxed through his PayPal account because he had well, not only that, but, but Greg Johnson admitted that he gave was giving out his real name early, you know. And back into what 2014? Well, well, giving so it over to two certain years ago. people, right? Giving it to certain people, and Greg Johnson. That was in twenty, yeah, twenty fourteen, I think. That the um, I, I see Mike Enoch as the kosher approved Jew basher. He he keeps he didn't promote nine eleven the Jews Jewish role in nine eleven. He he upheld their the, the Jewish position on the Bible. Of course, he's not even aware of the the scriptural disputes. If Duke is defending Enoch, isn't Duke, what, wouldn't that make him a kosher-approved Jew basher? Yeah. I, I mean, that's the way I see it. Why the hell is David Duke defending this Jew? What, why didn't David Duke get up there and say, oh, okay, it's unfortunate what we found out this gentleman is married to a Jew and, and, and he's a Jew and we just can't have him in the movement anymore, so I'm going to disassociate myself from him. There's more honor in that than making right. excuses for him. There's no honor in making excuses for a Jew. Well, what does Duke have to gain by making excuses for Mike Enoch? I don't get that. Unless there's well, something going on behind the scenes. Well, let, let's clarify, too, the kosher-approved Jew basher here. Mind you, he bashed Jews all day at the Holocaust, gas the kikes, blah, 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 blah. You know, everything, Jew right. this, Jew that. Good. But then here is a quote from his Twitter feed. Quote, the Jews did 9-11 conspiracy theory is retarded. Sorry, it's embarrassing. The next feed is, sand niggers did 9-11, and this is why they must be removed, among other reasons. Now, why would he take such a staunch review on a 9-11 issue other than the fact that he's kind of cover for it, I mean, he did obviously. If he hasn't looked at it, he shouldn't have that that good of a uh, that strong of a position on it. If he's a Jew basher, you would think, hey man, if the Jews did nine eleven, that's great. If I'm going to bash Jews, that's a huge issue. I used the word Jude in that kind of context. I'm sorry, I had a malfunction. I clicked the button. <laughs> I had a, um, speaking of Twitter, that's what I was looking for in my forum. I couldn't find it, and, and I clicked a video instead. Speaking of Twitter, Richard Spencer came out the other day in support of Mike Enoch on Twitter after finding out that he was doxxed and his wife was a Jew. And it, it's, none of these people, they've all been supporting him because his wife is a Jew. And they've all been ignoring the issue 
that he's admitted it. They must have heard it by now that he's admitted in all these podcasts, basically, that he's a Jew. Well, well no, but uh, they're, they're waiting for him to admit it. I mean, he's, he's that's the only way you can be an honest Jew is if he admits to it. Well, well he has admitted to it. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, how exactly. do you talk about how you speak to other Jews when you're speaking about yourself and not be admitting that you're a Jew? Or saying that we, we, we're kicking off Jews off the forum. Well, that means he'd have to go. I, I want to hear these other two podcasts again. I'm sorry. Here we but, go. But in terms of who's going to be part of this movement, I, I would say, yeah, like, you know, it's got to be white people and, and really Jews should be excluded. And, and, and if you're going to let in... A mixed a mixed Jewish person, and they really have to have have done something to earn that, mm-hmm. you know. And and I think that in my case, I did. Yeah. Okay. What the hell? He's not admitting he was a Jew. <laughs> in my case, I did. You have to do something to earn that. If you're gonna let Jews in, you better earn. Let the hardworking Jews in, and I'm a hardworking Jew. That's what he's saying. That's nuts, man. That that those three podcasts together are are irrefutable. Mike Enoch himself is a Jew. Well, well, Spencer came out and and um, defended him also on Twitter. I, I just wanted to bring that up before I forgot that because you were talking about Twitter, I, I don't know if you had anything more to say. No, no, I, I was just going to say um, that yeah, the reason I was motivated to come out and do the videos was not because he was a Jew. I could care less about that. It's the fact that all these people were defending him. You know, and don't get me wrong. I, I'll, I'll give credit to the majority of people out there were like, screw that, he's got to go. But there was still eh, 20, 30% of the people. And, and that's not the worst part about it. The worst part about it was that some of these figureheads, like I said, the David Dukes and the Greg Johnsons and the Spencer, that's the worst part about it is that people could defend that issue. The fact that I mean, okay, look, you you could say, well, I defend Tan Stoffel, you know, he's he's a great guy, he writes good articles, and well, he's got a Jew wife, but at least he told us. I wouldn't tolerate that. I mean, I'm glad he said something and told us up front, but I, it, that's done, that's done and over with. Yeah, but yeah, right. As far as I'm lied, concerned, as far as I'm concerned, he's not a great guy until he uh, until he gets rid of his Jew wife. Yeah, you know, that's a serious mistake that he writes about all the time now, that that it's how bad it is for whites to mix with Jews, how it destroys the white race to mix with Jews, how it allows Jews to infiltrate us even more to mix with Jews, and and then he stays married to his Jewish wife. Yeah, you know, if I was married to a Jewish woman and had an, an awakening like that, I would pray that I had the... The, the backbone to say, okay, sweetheart, but we're just going to have to split the property and say goodbye. Right. And nobody, there was nobody out there, including myself, that was, let's say he, let's say Enoch or, you know, Tastoffel apparently isn't a Jew, but nobody was saying, hey, you were wrong in the first place for doing that. But if they didn't know, they didn't know. I mean, it's a bad situation regardless. But once you found out and identified the problem and, a, you didn't do nothing to correct it, and B, you covered it up, and C, the people around you still defended it and covered it up, then we got a problem. Absolutely. All, all these people covering for, for Enoch, for, for Mike Enoch, for some of them for a couple of years, right? Greg Johnson for a couple of years. Right. 
But but Craig Johnson works with the Amran crowd, and and obviously from his own article that he wrote on his topic, he doesn't understand the implications. He's not, even though some of his articles are really good, he's a really good writer, he seems like a sincere white nationalist, this, this one article that he just wrote on Mike Enoch erases all the good that he ever wrote in an article. It erases it. It throws it all out the window. He's done. And and if white nationalists don't realize he's done and disown that pole-smoking faggot who can't even understand what what genes and and genetics and and race and and (laughs) culture have in common with each other, he's got to go. He's got to go. He can't be considered right, never mind alt right. That's alt wrong. That that's dead wrong. Well, we've ragged on Johnson before for his um for for his sodomy back here a few years ago in real white nationalism. I think it was a, a podcast we did together. But that this just compounds that. It doubles it. Yeah, it just shows we were right. Well, well, yeah, right. That too. I don't know who else I want to pick on tonight. That, 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 <laughs> I, I mean, but most of them deserve it. I, I mean, there are others. I, I, I don't. I, I don't have anything related to this issue with any of them. But but um, well, we could never run out of steam here. Well, I tell you what, Bill. Like I said, I've been kind of lurking in the in the background, you know, with all the. The kids and such, but, uh, like this, I was like, this has, something has to be said here. You know what I mean? Like, what's, what the heck's going on? I, I am glad, like I said, that a lot of people, a large majority of the people were like, this, yeah, this can't be tolerated, you know, and there just wasn't any figureheads besides you and I and a very, very slim amount of other people as well, but, um, yeah. Well, well, right, and and I would appeal to everybody that 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 um, listens to me on, on or or that visits Christagenia to to seriously consider this issue, and that this issue and some of the other issues we 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 raised. If you're accepting of this Jew bastard as a white nationalist, and if you accept these so-called white nationalists or alt writers that accept sodomites, if you accept that these um, white nationalists or alt-writers that don't get the 9-11 issue, then you're not doing yourself any favors. You have to put these people away. I would strongly urge you to stop going to their website, stop supporting their writing, stop spreading um, links to these websites, stop any association with these people. They have to be rejected. Or if, if if we can't stand on our principles, we can't stand. Right. Yeah, how do you fight cancer by injecting yourself with more cancer? Right. It, it's, it doesn't make do sense. It. No, we, we need... If we're going to be a... a um, I, I mean, I'm not going to say unified, but a, a loosely... 
amalgamated collection of, of white people with the same common interests, we have to stand on a common morality and on a common accepted definition of what is white. And, and white is white, and anything else is wrong. And Jews can't be white, ever. So, so if we can't stand on those basic principles, you're not helping our cause at all. You're not helping your own cause. You're not helping the, the cause of your own kin or, or the future welfare of your own kin, your own children. What well, we have to get the, the, the Jew thing and the race thing right. We also have to get the Christ thing right. And, and that's important. But these people are obvious gatekeepers when they're leading you astray or, or they're deluding the, the issues of the Jewish problem and the race issue. And they're all doing that. And all these people that come out and supported this Mike Enoch or, 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 or these other um, divisive issues in, in alt-right nationalism that they've that they basically expose themselves for the shills and gatekeepers that they really are. And, and the Jews love to, as I said in my introduction, they love to get their own people at the front of every parade. They derailed Christian Patriot Movement. They derailed the Tea Party. That Now they're derailing the alt-right. That They're doing it with the same exact methods that they've always done it using their media to promote their selected opposition. It's all controlled opposition. That's it. I don't know if I have much more to say. Yeah, that pretty much covers it. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. And, and um, I'll put links up to this program, to your videos. You, you, you have a long video, I think it's like 25 minutes, critiquing David Duke's position on this, right? Yeah, it's David Duke, uh, Enoch. Um, yeah, if you if you go to my channel, it's uh, it's the last three videos that are up there. Basically, this whole issue in detail, the audio clips, the screenshots. Yeah, I'll embed those YouTubes um, with this program when I post it. All right. Thank you, Mike. Yahweh bless. Thank you. Praise Christ. Yahweh bless. What do I have to play for this? Okay, there's only one thing to play for this, and that's Johnny Rebel. If you smell something funny when you walk down the street, you're in Coontown. You look and see garbage all over the street, you're in Coontown. Up and down the street, there ain't nothing. 